You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. There's another hadith that is a point of a lot of discussion between Sunnis and Shia. It's called the Suwayhibat of Yusuf, the female companions of Yusuf. That's like the heading of the hadith. Basically, there was an incident that happened right before the Prophet passed away. Shias and Sunnis have two different interpretations. The Sunnis have narrated mainly through Aisha, like she's one of the um, biggest narrators of this incident, even though there are some others who have narrated it in like Bukhari, Muslim and these other hadiths. Sunni version goes the following, I'll just summarize it for you. Before the Prophet passed away, you know he would lead the Salat al-Jama'ah in the masjid, so the Prophet was too ill to lead the prayer, so he said, have Abu Bakr go and lead the prayer, I can't go, I'm too sick. Aisha came to the Prophet and she said, no Ya Rasulullah, send somebody else, not Abu Bakr. Maybe have Umar go, the Prophet said no, have Abu Bakr go, I'm asking that Abu Bakr goes and prays. Aisha said no Ya Rasulullah and basically, um, she gives the following uh, reasoning why she doesn't want her father to go. Inna Abu Bakr rajulun raqiq. Abu Bakr, my father, is a very uh, soft-hearted man. As soon as he reads Quran and Salah, he's just gonna cry. So you know, I don't want my dad in a position where he's leading Jama'ah and he's crying, crying in front of the people. So have Umar pray. So three times. The Prophet says, have Abu Bakr go, Abu Bakr, I don't want anybody else. At the third time when the Prophet shows frustration, he refers to Aisha and maybe Hafsa and some otherwise, but primarily Aisha and he says, inna kunna sawahib Yusuf, you are like the female companions of Yusuf. So both Ahlul Sunnah and Shia agree the Prophet said that, but this is the context that Ahlul Sunnah claim the Prophet said it. He wanted Abu Bakr to go and pray, she kept uh, insisting somebody else goes until the, five, the Prophet says, no, 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 Abu Bakr, you go and pray and you're the female companions of Yusuf. Okay, that is the Sunni narration. What is the Shia narration? The Shia version of what happened, the Prophet was ill, so he couldn't pray. Aisha overheard that the Prophet is ill, he cannot pray, and that he's going to appoint someone to lead the prayer. So without instruction from the Prophet, what did she do? She sent word to her father Abu Bakr, go and lead the prayer. To make it seem in front of Muslims that it's a request from the Prophet. So she sends him word, he goes and he actually stands in the first line to lead the prayer. Well, what happens? The Prophet, the Prophet is informed 
Abu Bakr went to the mosque and he's about to lead the prayer. The Prophet becomes furious. By the way, we have evidence for these hadiths. We have sources that confirm this. The Prophet becomes furious. He tells Imam Ali and his cousin, the son of Abbas, Al-Fadl ibn Al-Abbas, he tells them, carry me. He was, imagine, he's about to pass away, like he's in a very sick state. But the Prophet said, carry me. I must go to the masjid and stop this. So the Prophet is carried by Imam Ali on one side, Al-Fadl ibn Al-Abbas on the other side. He is taken to the masjid and the first time he tells Abu Bakr, step to the side. And the Prophet prays. He leads the jama'ah. He doesn't allow Abu Bakr to lead the jama'ah. Now, interestingly, the Prophet prays while sitting down, not standing. Now, you know, according to Islamic law, if the Imam of the prayer is too ill to stand up, can he lead the jama'ah? No. One of the conditions of jama'ah is for the Imam to be able to stand upright. Yet the Prophet, he led the people while sitting down. That was an exception in Islamic law because he wanted to make a powerful point that no, he has no right to come and lead the prayer. So then the Prophet realized it was Aisha's plan and conspiracy to have Abu Bakr. So he got angry and he said what? You are the female companions of Yusuf. So the Prophet said this according to Shia hadith and Sunni hadith. He addressed Aisha, إِنَّ كُنَّ صَوَاحِبِ Yusuf. You are the female companions of Prophet Yusuf I've narrated you the two versions, you know Sunnis have a different story, the Shias have a different version. What does this mean? And who are the female companions of Yusuf that the Prophet is likening Aisha to? If you're familiar with the story of Yusuf, who are the female companions of Yusuf? <coughs> Remember how, the, how Zulaikha, when people found out that she's in love with Yusuf and she made this whole thing, this whole conspiracy, people started to blame her. Oh, you know, what a shame. A woman who's married in such a, an important position, she fell in love with her slave. That was, you know, shameful in that society. She got angry. She's like, okay, these women who are rebuking me, they don't know what Yusuf looks like. Let me show them, that way I'll keep them quiet. So she invites them in a very royal, nice setting. She gives them fruits and a knife. Her idea was they're going to get so distracted by Yusuf's beauty that they're going to cut themselves. It was all planned by her. So while she asked them to cut the fruits, she told Yusuf, enter. So he entered into their presence. When they saw the beauty of his face, they were so distracted, they started cutting their own hands. They bled, they cut their own hands. So after that, when they saw the beauty of Yusuf, she told them, see, all this time you blamed me, now you know what I had to go through. They're like, we're sorry. We didn't know it was to this extent. You're off the hook, believe me, it's not shameful anymore. Any woman who's, who would have been in your position would have you know, done the same thing. So it's good that you clarified that. These females with Zulaikha are considered Sawahib Yusuf, the companions of Yusuf. Now question, what these women did and all that conspiracy, was it a good thing or a bad thing? The whole thing that they did with Yusuf, was it a positive thing in Allah's obedience or was something negative? Something negative of course, because Zulaikha wanted to justify her sin, 
and then they encouraged her and it's after that that they decided to jail him. They told him, look either you come and you let us do what we want to do with you or we're throwing you in jail. He says, no I'd rather go in jail. So what they did, was it decent in God's obedience or was something indecent? Indecent. So if the Prophet says, Aisha you're like those females, is he praising her as Ahl Sunnah claim or is he basically rebuking her? What do you say? He's rebuking her, it's very obvious. So we have in Sahih works the Prophet rebuking Aisha. Now what's Ahlul Sunnah's explanation then? Why did he say that to her? This is what Ahlul Sunnah say. Basically, their idea is that Zuleikha, she called on these women, she treated them very well, she hosted them by throwing a royal dinner for them, and she wanted them to you know not rebuke her for loving Yusuf. Similarly Aisha wanted you know to show that she's concerned about her father Abu Bakr and that the Muslims would not hear Abu Bakr crying in the Salah so people would not feel negative towards you, uh, her father Abu Bakr because maybe some people say oh he's crying in a salah, maybe some people will make an issue out of it. So out of her concern for her father's reputation, she tried to stop Abu Bakr from going to pray and she said let's let Omar go. Similarly Zuleikha wanted to save her reputation because people were talking negatively about her and the love story with Yusuf, so she did what she did. So this is Ahl Sunnah's interpretation basically. Do you find that reasonable? It was still wrong. Yeah, but they say her intention was good because she wanted to protect the reputation of her father. So she acted out of goodwill. <laughs> yes, brother. Do I still not believe what Zulaikha did was good? What's their view? Do they, do they have the same view as us? See they're just saying look at the comparison here, it doesn't matter who did good or bad. Zuleikha wanted to exonerate her reputation, right? Save her reputation. Aisha wanted to save Abu Bakr's reputation, that's the analogy and that's enough for the Prophet to compare them, that's their argument. Doesn't matter what Zuleikha, whether what she did is right or wrong, the point is what she did was to save somebody's reputation, herself in that case, Aisha wanted to save her dad's reputation. So when the Prophet says, Yusuf, you are the female companions of Yusuf, the Prophet is indirectly saying, okay you know I get it, you want to save your dad's reputation. That's their argument. Does it hold? Yes brother. In both stories, the Sharia and the Sunni, what's the tafsir of inna kunna? It's not only to Aisha but itself. Okay. So basically, innakunna is a plural pronoun. Uh, what is meant is only a person, Zuleikha. Right? Zuleikha was one person, but because you know she acted with a group, uh, you would refer to her in a plural sense. Similarly, the Prophet meant Aisha specifically, but he says you guys, meaning this party, you know, this group. 
that thinks alike like this. Sometimes in the Arabic language you would just say it. Or sometimes the Quran uh, tells us in some verses, Someone, one of the hypocrites came and he said something, one person, but the Quran says the people said it. Why? To give it more significance or because others, the people were okay with it. So the Quran holds them the responsibility. So we have these two versions about the prayer of Abu Bakr, but what we know is that the Prophet said this statement. We, our analysis is, if you want to stay true to the analogy, what Zulaikha did was wrong. So we know what Aisha did was wrong. So to justify it is far-fetched. So why would I marry so <laughs> why do I marry? Why would I follow someone? Why would I follow someone and take her as a source of authority? Because remember, this is our point of discussion. We're not saying we have a personal problem with Aisha. We're just stating why we don't follow her and consider her as a source of authority. So when the Prophet has labeled her as, as such, you know, why follow her? So that's the third reason why we don't follow Aisha. The first reason is Surat Al-Tahrim, we've examined that in detail. The second reason is what? هَاهُنَا fitna In Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet pointed to the house of Aisha and he said, from here is the fitna, from here is the fitna, from here is the fitna. مِنْ هُنَا حَيْثُ هُنَا يَطْلَعُ قَرْنُ الشَّيْطَانِ The horn of Satan will emerge from there. And we've presented, you know, the analysis on that. And this is the third reason.